0: The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How
1: about
2: this, Cowboys! Yes! Go Cowboys!
1: This this, this, is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas
3: Cowboys
4: World Headquarters
3: at the Star in Frisco.
4: hand Elliott plowing to the goal
3: line. Barry, sacked by Lord. keeps it, and he it into the touchdown.
1: And now, your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Walker, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans.
4: Go! Go! Dallas Cowboys! The goal. It is the first victory Monday of 2022 as the Dallas Cowboys get a big-time upset win over the Cincinnati Bengals, 20-17. The final score is the Dallas Cowboys avoid an 0-2 start to start the season. They come out of nowhere, put up 17 points in the first half of action, and they get the job done at AT&T Stadium. This is Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. Glad you're with us here on this Victory Monday. Chris Beam in the back. We've got Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Walker. And the door is open, and so is the mic channel at the moment because we are talking <laughs> the rest of the day about this Cowboys win. Three points in a game-winning Field goal from Brett Maher from 50 yards out. Winner, winner for the Dallas Cowboys. Rob Phillips.
5: The season lives. The season <laughs> That's is still it feels alive. Like, after right? What do you we, know? <laughs> I mean, I don't think I don't think a loss would have would have ended things on September whatever this is 19th. But it kind of felt like that, you know. I felt like a lot of fans. The concern was you lose this one, and I, I read off the stats on Friday. If you start 0 and 2. It's not good since 1966, and even last year with 17 games, I think somebody told me it was 0-7. 0-7. Start 0-2. And, and the Cowboys got it done. I think resiliency is the term. That's the T-shirts they've worn since before the opening loss to Tampa Bay. I think everybody showed resiliency. Guys stepped their games up. I thought the coaching staff showed resili- resiliency too. I mean, Kellen Moore took his lumps all week last week. Mike McCarthy did too. And, you know, they, they, had, a, they had a nice game plan for Cooper Rush. And he made play- plays. They made plays around him, and defensively, they've got the best player on the field. And when you have the best player on the field, hell, maybe the best player in the league, by the time the season's over, yeah, you've always got a shot. So big, massive win. NFL leader in sacks, Micah Parsons, Isaiah. Yeah, he makes it look easy. Uh, these guys showed up, man.
2: I, I guess what the rush train. He surprised the heck out of me. I was, I wasn't a doubter, but I didn't believe that he can put these guys in position to win the ball game. And I knew that the defense was going to have to show up in a major way for these guys in order to be – even have a chance. We saw that. Dan Quinn drew up a heck of a scheme. um, Cincinnati was exposed against Pittsburgh. I'm pretty sure Dan Quinn and his crew went to work on that in terms of running a lot of stunts and things of that nature that confused Joe Burrow, Got his attention looking at the defensive line instead of looking at the actual secondary. Um, Found himself in a world of trouble. And then Cooper Rush just didn't make a mistake. And he didn't make a mistake. There's there's definitely some throws that I'm sure he wishes he had back. But overall, he drove the school bus. You know, He drove the magic school bus. I'm not sure what part of the body he went in, but he did a good job. What? <laughs> Magic school bus. Sorry. I just, just can't Why'd remember. you
4: have to make that the reference to Magic know. School Bus? I don't know. That's what they did. You do couldn't have Magic said, like, bus. the
1: red
3: hair or whatever it was. No, nah, no, nah, nah, That's a red rifle. We already had that. Yeah. Everybody's yeah, going left, left this yeah. morning. What's going on on this yeah. victory morning? What's going on? So, I'll I, I tell you what, though. I'll tell you what. Let's let's sit that down for a second. Okay. He's <laughs> taking off the headset. Oh, no. oh Putting on the yeah. hat. Yeah. <sighs>
4: Oh, oh it's Tiger Milk. Oh, gosh. oh, Did you bring a prop? Oh, my
3: gosh. A man brought props oh. today. Oh, excuse here? me, this is refreshing. <laughs> this is this is <laughs> Lone Wolf <laughs> W. <laughs> stuff.
5: Is that strawberry flavored?
3: <laughs> you should have dropped, I strawberry, dropped in some strawberry in there. You should have dropped strawberry in there. Listen, gentlemen. Uh, at the end of the day, what <laughs> you happened? <laughs> you look like somebody's uncle right now. <laughs> I am. I am somebody's uncle. I am somebody's uncle. Look. Tigers, Bengals, whatever. Cowboys by three. Uh, At the end of the day, The the Cowboys did exactly what they were supposed to do. They leaned on the run early. They remained consistent. They used the run to set up the pass. We saw Turpin get involved a little bit early, something that we were talking about we hoped to see in Week 2. We saw Cooper Rush be capable. True, he would like some of those throws back, dodged a few bullets, but not only was he capable, we talked about 5%. The 5% that we needed him to level up, that occurred on the final drive. CeeDee Lamb, Noah Brown. He made those throws. They made the catches for him. That's how you help out your backup quarterback. You make sure that you reel that ball in, put yourself in a position to win. Of course, you talk about the defense. We talked about it before. This defense that held Tom Brady to only one touchdown. I absolutely believed that they could hold Joe Burrow to 20 points or less, prediction being 24-21 in favor of the Cowboys. Now this is a defense that has gone through Tom Brady and Joe Burrow and allowed only two combined touchdowns between the two of them. Joe Burrow was held to under 200 yards passing. Jamar Chase, you know what? My problem with Jamar Chase is uh, he has some issues with his technique. He's (laughs) a little inconsistent. kind of hit or miss, right? I think he should probably improve upon that, especially when going against elite corners like Trevon Diggs, <laughs> who can hold you to one catch on three targets for a total of six yards. So you talk about Parsons basically balling out. Talk about a player like Durrance Armstrong stepping up huge in the absence of Terrell Basham, who's now on IR. But you also got to talk about Trevon Diggs both in coverage and as a tackler, that yeah. closeout tackle that set up the final drive for the Cowboys. It cannot be overstated how huge that was. The read, the reaction, the close, the wrap-up, textbook. Which one's
4: scarier, a caged tiger or a caged lion? What are we talking about? Or an uncaged lion?
3: It, it's always scary to be locked in with a caged bingo, unless you're a pissed-off lion. <laughs> he had two more sacks, took up to four on the season. So Eight pressures by Michael Parsons alone.
4: I, I like the way that you kind of set that up, though, because it was – the, the offense got off to the hot start, but when the offense needed some stops from the defense because the offense struggled, and even though the, the offense didn't even really get a whole lot of shot, I mean, I think, what was it, 19 of their plays, or their total plays, they had six, or 59, I think 19 of those were in the second half and 40 in the first half. Yeah. Time of possession was heavy toward the defense in the second half.
5: The keep away game worked for a half. And then, you know, when Cincinnati goes on a 19 play drive, I think it chewed up almost nine minutes. I I looked at the stats after the game was like, the Cowboys didn't win time of possession? Oh, yeah, that's right. They didn't have the ball for like the entire fourth quarter. The whole fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that when the offense needed the defense to step up,
4: Isaiah, they got those stops on that side of the football. Micah Parsons. But it wasn't just Micah Parsons. You expect Micah to be Micah. But Dorrance Armstrong with two sacks. Dante Fowler Jr. with one sack, and he caused some havoc
3: Absolutely. outside
4: of just the one sack as well. Dante
3: Fowler Jr. had a phenomenal He yeah, Forced a fumble that technically Micah.
4: Yeah, that, that controversial call in its own right that probably ended up in three points there. The other way around it, though, you, you look at Leighton Vanderesh, Esch, Trayvon Diggs. I mean, these other guys outside of Micah Parsons stepped up. That's what you needed to happen. You need the guys to elevate, and they did just that yesterday.
2: The defense balled out. The defense ball – I mean, I still you – know, obviously, Kellen Moore is still trying to figure things out, and he's going to have to continue to figure things out with uh, with uh, Cooper Rush at the quarterback position because I don't think that anybody sitting here is satisfied with the offensive production um, when you start looking at these possessions. You know, no. majority of them were punts. A lot of them were – you know, we had a couple of field goals, one touchdown early, and then we really just didn't do a whole lot. We, we just didn't mess it up. Right? So the defense definitely ruled this game, and that's I think we all agree that they were going to have to do that. To your point, Dorrance Armstrong – went ham for Fowler went ham Micah went ham you know you saw Gallimore getting in there as well these guys Barr did a heck of a job tackling in the inside the box being in uh, participating in that front seven these guys had a heck of a ball game um, and they just made it difficult for Burrow. he just couldn't figure it out and when you can have a quarterback looking at you as a rusher in terms instead of looking down the field it doesn't matter what receivers you have out there because they're not gonna have a chance to get it off Burrow
3: was physically frustrated early in the game. You could see it on the sideline. You could see it in his his composure or lack thereof. He was over there just looking defeated as early as the first quarter. Uh, and the Cowboys wanted that to be the case. When you talk about uh, a young, uh, as dynamic as Joe Burrow can be, he's still a young quarterback in this league. And if you delete the season that he lost due to a torn ACL, for all intents and purposes, you could say this is his second season right A, a second year quarterback going against a Super Bowl winning defensive coordinator who has the personnel to attack you from every single direction at every single level that's going to confuse you in addition to schematically Quinn having the upper hand right so Burrow was flustered early and the Cowboys just continued to build on that because the first one or two times they pressured him Okay, he's going to start questioning, can Collins protect me? Flashbacks of last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then you start to see the pressure come from the left side, Durant Armstrong, Dante Fowler. And now he's really starting to question if anybody can protect him. And then it started to rattle him. Four sacks in the first half. So – Dallas got after him, but
4: Isaiah, when you were looking at some of the scheme and and the stunts, it looked like there was movement up front. There were a couple times when it was only edge rushers to one side, and then you had linebackers to the other side. There was no down linemen at the line of scrimmage at all. I mean, it was different looks. How complex
2: was it from Dan Quinn to kind of keep Joe Burrow off balance? He was doing a lot. uh, We talked about it last week in the film room in terms of some of the things that Pittsburgh did, and they brought some some of those same strategies over to these guys in terms of we have more weapons. I think they have they have more more um, arsenal, more of an arsenal on the defensive side of the ball. Than the Dallas Cowboys do in terms of them comparing to Pittsburgh. So he just utilized everybody. I mean, everybody's strengths. That's one thing that Dan Quinn does a great job of. He puts you in position to be successful. He doesn't ask you to do anything outside of yourself. Whatever it is that you do. Do it well and I'm gonna put you in that position to do that. Dante Fowler, you go like a madman, like a little Tasmanian devil. I don't need you doing anything but just wreck havoc. Just cause just cause a freaking scene in there. Cause some confusion. Doris Armstrong, guess what? We signed you to an extension. Go out there, use your lanky arms. Run a stunt with freaking Gallimore, <laughs> right, and cause. And these guys, we saw that these guys last week couldn't pick up the stunts. They didn't communicate well. This is a brand new offensive line for Cincinnati. Just much like Kansas City last year, first four or five games going to take some time for them to figure it out. Well, unfortunately for them, they got to face the Dallas Cowboys within their first four games. But so before they figured it out, let's create some more confusion why they can't communicate. They did a great job collectively. I like to see Bar 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 stepped up. I felt like Barr was more of himself in this game than we saw last week. And obviously that's something that you expect for somebody that didn't have a full training camp. That's something that you expect for somebody who's now within the system for a little bit longer. And he felt, he looked like he was more confident. He looked like he wasn't hesitating. He looked like he was actually reacting and starting to play the ball that we all known him to be able to play.
5: Yeah, Mike McCarthy shouted him out after the game and said that that was... Basically, that was Anthony Barr that we saw against. Yes. He saw against Minnesota all those years, right? Uh, in, in some, in more, more of a workload, more of an opportunity. Donovan Wilson stepped up. You yep. know, Jaron Curse is out for this game. He was really active with more snaps around the football. That's kind of his mo. Um, and Isaiah spoke to the schematic part of it. One thing that was not necessarily complex is. Micah Parsons lining up over Lyle Collins over yeah. and over and over that again. Was, was, that was, wasn't by chance. It force wasn't forcing was, false starts too. Yeah, Collins was shooketh. That's the thing. It's that, that's the impact, <laughs> and we can get more into Micah. But that's it wasn't just the sacks. It was forcing false starts. Mm-hmm. It was not even necessarily getting hands on the ball in passing lanes, but altering throws. Uh, Pressures that I think one of the pressures led to LVE's sack. He was absolutely everywhere. And he did line up in different spots. And you know, they did a little bit this la- of this last year where they will line up Tank and Mike on the same side, and maybe even Randy Gregory last year, and you're like, oh gosh, that that's that's nice. Well, they did a little bit of it last night, but Micah just his imprints were on almost every snap. And and to the point where they were bringing guys in the fourth quarter a chip here, a chip there. It was almost like he was getting triple teamed. And if you notice, he kind of back they kind of moved him back into a linebacker role where he was blitzing towards the end because that's the problem with lining him up on the edge all the time is at some point, okay, you kind of know where he is.
2: And then he got he tweaked his leg too. That was a little scary. And
5: he got banged up apparently in in the second half and yeah. he was kind of limping off but he was able to finish the game. He was he was marvelous. A little bit of you a know.
2: thorn in his
3: paw, but kind of circling back really quickly to Anthony Barr uh, last week. When you know you asked me, how do you contain Joe Mixon? Who's that? Who, Who's assignment is that? Anthony Bar. Barr, yeah, and Anthony Barr went out there and did exactly what what I wanted him to do, what the Cowboys needed him to do. 61 snaps, which is 87 uh, percent of the reps, and that shows that the Cowboys were expecting him to be an impact player in this game. and They, they trust were. him with that no, that workload too. Now, yeah. it, now you you combine Anthony Barr, and we'd be remiss if we didn't, uh, in addition to shouting out Anthony Barr and helping contain Mixon, let's talk about the big the big dogs up front: Neville Gallimore, Quint Bohanna, Chauncey Golston, also Diggy Zua. This is a a, a team last week that allowed 127 yards or so albeit no touchdowns to Leonard Fournette so the question was fans start to have flashbacks oh god this run defense it's still not good okay Joe Mixon went off last week for the most part 57 yards on 19 carries with no touchdowns yeah this defense clamped down in, in both run run attack or the run defense as well as pass defense I've got my pregame live Note card right here. These are the notes that
4: we had for our receipts. pregame show. Yeah, this is the receipts. receipts. I said, what kind of challenge does Joe Mixon bring to the Cowboys defense? Mixon had 145 scrimmage yards in week one. Leonard Fournette had 137 against the Cowboys. Who has to step up defensively? Barry Church, Isaiah standback Nate Newton, all said the linebacking core and the guys in the interior. Those guys stepped up. Quentin Bohanna did what he was signed to do yesterday. Yes, yep. He took up space, took up multiple blockers created havoc so that way the guys like Dante Fowler Jr. could go on a stunt around the outside. The guys like Anthony Barr and Leighton Vanderish from the second level could easily read the defense. There was one time, and, and this is where I really first saw Anthony Barr show up on tape. It was in the first quarter. There was motion from, I believe it was Chase going left to right. I'd have to go back and look at it. It's Chase in motion. I'm saying that just to a placeholder. And Anthony Barr pushes Donovan Wilson, says, Get out there. Get out the edge. He read it immediately, and he had already taken one step in the right direction before the ball was even snapped. Anthony Barr had already taken a step prior to the ball even being snapped because of the motion and because of something he saw, a read he picked up. And because of that, it ended up being a no-gain. They forced him to the edge, got him to the outside. Donovan Wilson was the one that made the play, but it was Anthony Barr that was there saying, get out to the outside and get to the edge because the Cowboys kept the inside contained. The edge was where – Leonard Fournette and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers mm-hmm. got after mm-hmm. the Cowboys, and they did not let that happen last night.
5: Yeah, you're right about the middle pressure, because it, it seemed like a lot of times Burrow just had nowhere to go. And I thought that the speed of the front seven was really on display. I mean, he, he, I don't know how many clean pockets he had in the whole first half. I mean, maybe one or two. Yeah. And and he – I mean, guys were swarming around him. We talked about their speed and their depth and their length. That was really on display in this game yesterday.
3: And the, the linebacker core, uh, you know, Anthony Barr, obviously. Now you're talking about – the the football IQ that helped him become a four-time pro baller, pro, four time pro bowler four time pro bowler. Last week we you were, you asked me and you asked the, the panel you said well did Anthony Barr have a good game or a bad game because he wasn't mentioned in week one and I said I, I don't believe it was necessarily neither I think you give him that week game reps week two he should take a step up and he did um, and that also fueled guys like Leighton Vanderess who in my opinion had a solid game last week had a great game this week. Uh, seven combined tackles, a sack with the assist from Micah Parsons, who flushed Joe Burrow up into the pocket. LVE finished the job off. And then came the how. We haven't heard that in a while. It was electric. I think LVE is potentially working back to, if he's not already there, Pro Bowl form. And if that is, in fact, the case, you have a Pro Bowl form LVE in conjunction with Anthony Barr, who might still be in Pro Bowl form. Could be. Micah Parsons is going to do what Micah Parsons does. The linebacker core is as stout as your safety unit. You talk about a guy like Donovan Wilson, had some struggles with injury in 2021, but was a breakout player in 2020. Donovan Wilson yesterday looked like 2020's version of Donovan Wilson. He did. And for a young guy who's now healthy and as great as he is at tackling, both in space and in the phone booth, as, as hungry as he plays, that's the kind of guy that I love the balance between his demeanor and Malik Hooker. Malik Hooker is much more cerebral. And getting the job done, Donovan Wilson is that roar, that angry guy back there that just wants to bully guys. So I just, at every level, the Cowboys' defense is stout, and they continue to show it. And this is a team that can win you games as long as the offense does just enough to not lose you the
5: game. And
4: that's exactly the case, really quickly. And here.
5: they didn't have a takeaway either. Like they can oh, play, wow. they can play better. They can play better than this because well yeah they did. (laughs) So they've what do they have one takeaway in two games? They've only given up one touchdown or two touchdowns. (laughs) Two touchdowns, one per game. That you know, that means you it's not gonna be every week, but it means yeah, you can play to your defense is what it's looking like. Well last year
4: it was the the takeaways were the mantra this year, they're, you're not giving up a whole lot of yardage. You held Joe Burrow to 199 through the air. You held Joe Mixon. Yeah, you gave up yardage in, in week one, but still you only gave up the one touchdown. You bent but didn't break at that point. I I think there's a lot to build on with this defense. And we mentioned a lot of names there, just threw a bunch of them around because it deserves to have a lot of names thrown at it because a lot of guys stepped up and played well yesterday. But on the offensive side of the football, there was a similar type of reaction with Cooper Rush, Noah Brown, C.D. Lamb, guys playing well. Dalton Schultz had probably his best game as a blocker, and I'm going to tell you why when we come back here on the other side of the break. Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details.
0: The Cowboys way. Where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing. The star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys, and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020 Bank of America Corporation.
1: Little sweet, did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little sweet says head on home. Dr Pepper's on its way. So sweet. You Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's
0: done something that deserves a Dr.
5: Pepper. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a broken traffic light. Stop and go is the name of my game. It's easy. You go, they go. Or was it they go, you go? (laughs) And if you have the wrong car insurance, these repair costs could stop you in your tracks. So get Allstate's new low auto rate and be better protected from mayhem, like me.
1: Not available in every state, based on coverage and limits selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar & Casualty Insurance Company and
0: affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Back to talking Cowboys. Today
4: is National Voter Registration Day. NFL Votes in the Dallas Cowboys encourage you to register to vote. Make your voter game plan today. Visit nfl.com slash vote. All 32 NFL stadiums having an opportunity for you setting up some kind of easy access for fans around the league to go and vote. So go do your due diligence, get out there, and vote coming up. Back here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Walker here on a Victory Monday. I'm Kyle Yeomans, and I, I we we joked about it in the break there, Patrick, because <laughs> I, I did say the phrase, Dalton Schultz had his best game as a blocker because he almost coughed it up, right. quite literally, with the fumble in the fourth quarter, Dallas driving, chance to put the game on ice and then he fumbles the football, Cincinnati takes it, goes down, ties the football game at 17, and then all of a sudden you're in a completely different game than you thought you were previously. Outside of that though, it, and he didn't put up the crazy numbers as a receiver, but Isaiah on Friday, we asked what does Dalton Schultz need to do better in order to to elevate? He elevated his game as a blocker, and ultimately that's what helped spring the Tony Pollard 47-yard catch, as you could say, that ultimately ended up in a, a touchdown.
2: He's in a contract year, and the thing is, you know, the one reason I believe that he didn't get the big boy contract extension that he was hoping for, he did get the franchise tag, is because they need to see evidence and proof that he can be that holistic tight end. That they need for their for their offense. And we've seen his ability to receive the ball. We've seen his ability to break tackles at times. But I think the one aspect that he hasn't been necessarily dominant has been the running game. And if you're going to be a tight end playing for a contract year, then that's the area that you need to improve in. If you're not going to have the greatest impact as a receiving tight end in that particular game, well, you got to show up some way somehow, right? They're cutting you a pretty doggone big check. Hopefully, you could dominate in, in the blocking, whether that be in the run game and you're grounding pounding somebody or you're sitting back and you're making, keeping people off of your quarterback. So that's exactly what you saw this past weekend. And really, the way, the reason I wanted
4: to lead with him stepping up in a, in a situation where he hasn't necessarily been comfortable is because he wasn't the only one that did that. There were a number of guys scattered throughout that offense that played exceptionally well in positions where they're not necessarily used to being. Noah Brown with five mm. targets. Mm. Five receptions, 91 yards, and a touchdown. Rob, best game of his career by far, plus he had his first career touchdown grab. He stepped up whenever his quarterback, Cooper Rush, needed him the most.
5: It was Oxnard Noah Brown is what we saw on Sunday. He, I mean, he was the guy that uh, pretty much – I mean, you could argue – you guys can argue with me, but top, <laughs> top three most consistent guy on offense that we saw in training camp, like sure. especially yeah, among absolutely. the skill players. Just – you know, getting behind the defense, finding soft spots in the zone, uh, and and laying out to make big catches. Like like th- those were catches that the Cowboys didn't make in Week One, where you know Cooper did a decent job of leading his receivers, but sometimes they just had to go make a play, mm-hmm. and and he went out and did it. Um, so really impressive, and I think he spoke to this a little bit after the game, you No know, see, in terms of you know he and Cooper played together for years. Yep. I mean, this is going back to 2017; t- they both came in together. And, and you know we talk about how rush has had this familiarity with the offense well so does Noah Brown they, they have a connection and a rapport and I think it showed up in this game
3: it, it, The chemistry is no surprise between those two I mean both come in in 2017. they've been with the organization for about you know better part of half a decade or more uh, But what I loved from Noah Brown wasn't just simply the obvious which was the fact that in the first half he was four he was targeted four times and caught all four balls. He was leading the team and receiving at that at that point he had become the Cool hand, Luke, that the Cowboys so desperately need in this wide receiver unit. Um, but even when he kind of went quiet for for a good bit after you know catching those four passes, and I, I kind of mentioned to Rob in the press box, I said it's about time for Noah to make another catch, foreshadowing yeah. because guess what he did with the 12 yard reception on that final drive that yeah. set up Mar for that game winning field goal. Uh, but it was also the dirty work that he was willing to do. On special teams and blocking in the run game and when you have a guy who's leading the team and receiving yards but equally ready on the very next play to say you know what i'm all i'm just as all in on blocking for zeke and tony as i was on running that route to get open and then special teams comes around and he's i'm just as all in on being the personal protector as i was in blocking for zeke and tony as i was in running the route and getting open noah brown Uh, his, His willingness to get his hands in the mud and, dare I say, his love to get his hand in the mud, it showed yesterday in all phases of the game. And it helps set the appropriate tone for a young wide receiver core that's looking for someone to look up to, someone that they can go week to week and say, you know what, that's how we that's the standard. That yeah. this is how we have to play. The standard is the standard, and that's the standard. And also, shouts out to CeeDee Lamb, who didn't have uh, a breakout game yesterday. But 75 yards, he caught seven of his 11. That's much, much improved over the two catches on 11 targets from a week prior. So also, shouts out to CeeDee Lamb for stepping up. Uh, but big, big,
5: huge shouts out to Noah Brown for a magnificent game yesterday. One thing more on Schultz, too, because you guys are right. But let will see what his status is for this week. Because he didn't play on that yeah. final drive, yeah. tweaked yeah. his knee. Uh, he'll get reevaluated today. It, you know, it looked like he was trying to go back in. So I, I'm not, yeah. I don't th- it didn't seem like it was something serious, serious. But hey, it could be something that affects his coming and week.
3: And he was uh, re- leading the, the uh, post game. Rally in the locker room. Uh, so, yeah. so yeah, yeah. was he jumping? Was I don't know that he was. Did jumping. you get a good look at it? Did you
4: get a it was, good it was the torso look? shot? Okay, okay, it was the torso fine, shot. I guess. Torso all right. Shot. Well, I need you to do more investigative journalism, there, Patrick. If you're going to be a part of this that. podcast, Roger that. More tiger <laughs> move. <milk>. Uh, when, <laughs> when you're looking at it, Isaiah, from a separation standpoint, in the wide receiving core as a whole, it felt like they needed Noah Brown to step up because they're all. C. D. Lamb's going to see a double team, right? He's going to see the majority of the look from whatever secondary he's going against. You needed that second guy to kind of take the pressure off of CeeDee Lamb. And it felt like, yes, they gave the ball to CeeDee early, got it in his hands, got him a couple extra yards. They screen passed on him or to him on the opening drive. Sure, that's all fine and dandy. But ultimately, you're going to have to get him down the field. Noah Brown allowed that to open up. Did him elevating give the rest of the wide receiving core a little bit of separation from what you saw?
2: Not really. I just think that he was that comfort food for for Rush. Mm. And he's obviously been that for back-to-back weeks now. It's not just Rush. He was that for for Zeke, for uh, for, Dak for Dak as well. Yeah. So you're seeing his hard work, you're seeing his due diligence, you're seeing his um his work ethic, his consistency. You're seeing all that show up. The things that Rob just just referred to in terms of what we saw in training camp. That's the guy he's been. He's been that around here, right? And there's unfortunately with with a lot of organizations, guys just get buried. You know, guys, you know, guys are more than capable. You know, there's when I was here playing, it was it was Miles and it was freaking Sam Heard. I mean, guys just get buried. You know, they're really good players, but because of their the primetime guys, you just don't get the love. So he is continuing to be there. I mean, you saw the chemistry that they had. You know, you talked you you talked about his his willingness to do the special teams and the dirty work. Well, that's been his whole career. That's true. Right. That's all he knows. So when somebody asks him, "Hey, go over there and play special teams," he's like, "Okay, cool. That, that, that's, that's that's what good. I do. Like, I'm yeah, I'm leading the team or whatever. But that's not his mindset. His mindset is how can I contribute to this victory?'" Um, and he is a very selfless individual, and I I, I love watching him play. I absolutely love watching him play. I don't think that he has alleviated any of the other problem areas that they have at the receiver position right now, because there still is not enough separation. There still is not enough being done offensively. To they won the game, okay? Let's let's not. But let's let's call a spade a spade. Now I was looking at their ten possessions. They had two touchdowns, two field goals, five pumps, one fumble. Okay, So they did something positive on four of their ten possessions. So 40% of their possessions, they did something positive. They also were only 30% on third down. There's still some issues here. Okay, The defense cannot continue to just bail you out offensively, whether it's personnel-wise, Kellen Moore-wise, scheme-wise. They're going to have to figure it out. they got to start making some plays and, and sooner than later.
3: And valid points across the board from you there, Isaiah. Um, what I would add is that the, the goal right now for this team is to avoid the icebergs in the water until you get Michael Gallup back, until you get Jason Peters on the field. Shouts out to the offensive line who mostly played well as well, particularly Matt Farniok. Mm-hmm. He was effective early and mostly yeah. throughout the game. Uh, until you get Dak Prescott back on the field, and, you know, Stephen Jones says, you know, it's possible to. Yeah, um, no, no. Um, <laughs> but the, the goal is to stay afloat. So, yes, they have a lot to improve offensively. There were times, a long stretch of time, we were up there in the press box like, okay, you scored 14 on your first two drives. Where where are you at now? Where are you? Come back, come back, come back. And all we saw was punt, punt, punt. They couldn't get it together. But when they needed to, there's the 5%. The 5% came into play. And it's not college ball, as we all know. Doesn't matter if you win ugly or you win big, just win, baby. Shouts out to the late great Al Davis. And the Cowboys did that. And you look at Noah Brown, he's also showing you that he can be consistent regardless of who the quarterback is. Because between Dak Prescott, he was the team leader in receiving yards last year. Oh, last season. I'm sorry, last week. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also the team leader in receiving yards this week. 159 combined yards and a touchdown on 14 targets between two different quarterbacks. He's your cool hand Luke. And the rest just have to kind of catch up. But again, MG thirteen may be back as, as early as this week. We'll see how practice goes this
4: week. Yeah, that's kind of what we yeah. outlined as a scenario last time out, and we'll, of course, keep an eye on that throughout the week. But you you mentioned the icebergs in the water. I want to talk about that on the other side of the break because this is a good win. It's a great win even because you, you defeated a Super Bowl-caliber team in Cincinnati. They were there last year. They could very easily get back there this year, put them to 0-2, and, and you righted the ship. But just how week one was only one loss – Week two is only one win. So there's a long season left to go, 15 games left the other way around. When we come back, what's next for the Cowboys? How much confidence do you have now in Cooper Rush to be able to put this thing into hyperdrive here over the next couple weeks and see what the Cowboys can really do when we come back with more Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. Little
1: sweet, did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper.
2: The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org.
0: The Cowboys Way, where 16 Hall of Famers and 5 championships shows us what success looks like. Where Turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing. The star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation.
1: Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the Cheetah Savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now... Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated.
4: 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details.
3: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check.
4: Whether you're watching from home or you're cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you can see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and see what Essilor can do for you. See more, do more Essilor here on Talking Cowboys. Welcome back to the SWBC studios at the Star in Frisco. Glad you're with us. Was that, was that over program, Beamer? No, <laughs> it wasn't. Oh, we need to put that over program next time. I liked that. It's a drop like that now. That's for sure. It yeah, needs to drop. be. Yeah. So right when we go to break or come back from break, rather, every time, and we laughed at it last week because. Because Chris Beam in the back, who does a great job with all of the podcasts, not just talking Cowboys, he goes, he he gives us the cue. And he says, go, Kyle. Go, Kyle. Last week he did it real quick because he was, like, trying to, like, do 45 different things at one time. And we all kind of <laughs> chuckled at it. <laughs> he, he just had Isaiah's daughter do it. Yep. Sky got on there and said, said, go, Kyle. And it was perfect. Fantastic. So. I like it. Got to love it. Sign Next time, we need to start that. Maybe that's a Talking that needs Cowboys to be a tradition. We
3: do it. That needs to put be it, put Man, it in program
4: whenever we've got like special immortalized guests. sky. <laughs> I like it. Final segment here of Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, breaking down the Cowboys' 20-17 win over the Cincinnati Bengals. They get to 1-1, one and one, but Isaiah, you can't give in to just the one win. Just how you couldn't give in to the one loss, you've got two divisional foes on the way, one of which – the next one you face, that's 2-0 and in oh, and the New York Giants. They haven't played very good teams. We'll talk about that later in the week. But you still can't sleepwalk through the next two games because these aren't gimmies without your starting quarterback in there as well. But how much confident did, confidence does Cooper Rush give you now, now that he hasn't done it just once against Minnesota in Week 8 last year, but now he's done it twice with the win yesterday?
2: I'm, I'm hopeful, but I still haven't seen enough. Okay. I mean, I just haven't. I haven't. I, I know. He
4: passed for 325 and two scores against Minnesota last year. Yep. And he passed for 235 and a score this year and Correct-com commanded Mundo. the offense.
2: Absolutely. He but you did. still haven't seen enough. I personally have not. Just because I, I, when I watch the game, you guys know, as a former player and as an analyst, I see the what-ifs. And there was about about three or four what-ifs yesterday that I'm just like, ooh, we lucked out on that one, mm-hmm. right? And. I want to see those go away. I don't think that we had an effective enough running game to really alleviate some of the stress that was still placed upon him to to put this put them in position to win. Uh, C.D. Lamb stepped up when he needed to and made some big plays. Obviously Noah Brown did as well. C.D. didn't have the big stat line, but some of those late catches, especially in that last drive, that's where you're That's where he was looking, and Cooper Rush found him and made made the play. So so kudos to him. But in terms of where this offense needs to be. We're nowhere near that, even with Cooper Rush as the QB. It's just, it's just not efficient enough. It's, it's really, you can't look at this offense with the weapons that they have. I don't care who's not playing right now. You still have pretty doggone good weapons offensively. You still have a pretty doggone good running backs, you know, in backfield. You have to do better. You, you have to do better than thirty percent on third down. You have to do better than forty percent scoring on, you know, forty percent on forty uh, percent of your actual drives. You just got to. You need more.
5: Yeah. Yeah. They were, they were really good early on offense and late that when they needed to be, because they really needed to be good early. He talked about that after the game coop did, because really what it did was it allowed the defense yep. to to start teeing off early and get to Joe Burrow playing with a lead. And then late, I think he was three for three on that final drive when he needed to be really good. He was, right. but you're right. I mean, they get two touchdowns early. Then they go punt, punt, field goal, punt, fumble, punt, punt, field goal. Not You know, not super efficient football throughout the day, but I like what you said about the running game. Like they they were persistent with it. You know, they matched the number of carries that they had in week one by halftime. Clearly, that was an emphasis for them. If you want to call Tony Pollard's catch a run and (laughs) add that to the rushing total, I mean, it was close. That would have put them over 150 yards rushing on on the day. But but they did what they needed to do to try to help Coop and give something around him. And guys did make some plays around him they had four explosive plays in the passing game which more than one that they had in week 1 um but yeah i mean they're going now now here comes a road test the first road test of the year the environment's going to be different it's going to be harder for the young linemen to communicate pre-snap it's it's going to be different and yeah they're going to have to be more efficient than they were in week week 2 and definitely week 1 my my thing about it is <laughs> multiple things are true because these things are not
3: mutually exclusive to each other Cooper Rush and this offense still has room for improvement, period. They they started out hot. Second half. Went ice cold. Yep. And then they heated up again. Uh, there were errors that were made by Cooper Rush that could have easily been disastrous as far as interceptions <laughs> That's are true. concerned. That's true, yeah. That said, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good, <laughs> okay? And he was lucky in those instances. But that said, it's also true that This is now a guy who has won his first two NFL starts, amassed 560 passing yards and three touchdowns to only one interception in those two starts. One of the biggest question marks coming in was you had Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup on the field with CeeDee Lamb last year against the Vikings. That's a whole lot of weaponry. Can you win the game without that weaponry and only CeeDee Lamb? What does he do? Hey, Noah Brown, how you doing? How you doing again? (laughs) How you doing over there? Pow, pow, pow. Use Noah Brown to get the Cowboys offense going when he knew that the opposing defense was going to key in on CeeDee Lamb. Was he perfect? No. Did he make the plays he needed to make when he made them? Yes. Was he lucky at times? Absolutely. But to answer your question, Kyle, I have now absolutely seen enough to know, to believe, I should say, that Cooper Rush can win you multiple games in the absence of Dak Prescott. And and recall last week I said – all he really needs to do is split this next four, and then they'll feel out how Dak Prescott uh, is is doing at that point. Yeah, He's now 1-0. If he gets me another win and then loses two more, he still splits, and he's still right where I'm fine with him, which makes him a capable quarterback. Obviously, you would love to see him go 4-0. It is going to be difficult uh, on the road. In, in MetLife, young guys on the offensive line, Matt Farniok, Tyler Smith, uh, Tyler Beatish is not a... a veteran veteran he's still a bit of a young guy maybe it's time for maybe it's time for peters mm. to be ready right yeah. for example to kind of add that veteran and of course peters being an nfc east guy MetLife to him <laughs> is nothing Right. Cooper Rush. I mean, he met life to Cooper Rush for the most part, although he wasn't the starting quarterback in those games at midlife. It, it's not an environment he's unfamiliar with. Yeah. Zeke knows that environment very well. Tony Pollard knows it very well. CeeDee Lamb knows it very well. Flip the page. This defense doesn't care where they're playing. They're going after the opposing quarterback. And with that being said, I think it can be complimentary football. Yes, they can improve, but I have seen enough to believe that Cooper Rush can get the job done.
4: I'm really excited to see what this defense can do against Daniel Jones, and we'll preview the Cowboys' defense versus the Giants' offense on Wednesday. We'll flip that, and we'll do the Cowboys' offense versus the Giants' defense on Thursday. But that's the thing about this stretch right now is we said it last week, if you could get one, two – Wins, you're feeling decent. You can still have a chance to save the season later in the year. Sure, you only get one win out of the four games that Dak Prescott's out it makes it a lot tougher. Well, you've got one already in the book. Bang, got it. These next two games are very much so winnable games. You you should be the favorite going into them, even without Dak Prescott, especially after the game that you played here on Sunday. But with that being said, they're not gimmies. They can't be no, they're gimmies. Not, they're not gimmies. And and Rob, when you look at it. You go 6-0 and versus the division last year. There's a target on your back. You don't have your quarterback. There's going to be a target on Cooper Rush now because he's 2-0 and as a starter. Oh,
5: yeah, for sure. And, yeah, this, this division already looks better than it did last year. No yeah. doubt. You know, running the table is going to be more of a challenge than it was last year. I just think, you know, I, I think for what the situation they were in, that was about as good as you could ask for in terms of a complete team win. And, and, you know, because because, yeah, Rush, he's going to have his limitations. He hasn't played a lot. There's they're they're depleted in some spots. It's going to take more of what they got on defense. And, yeah, you guys are right. Like, it can't be superhuman from the defense every week, but they're going to have to raise that that level of play continually. They need their kicker making two yard field goals. They need Kavon Turpin. uh, Turpin. Yeah. Flipping field position with, you know, two big returns and Brian freaking anger. Ryan Anger. Let's talk special teams. Let's talk special teams. Ryan
2: Anger was a complete beast yesterday. And huge it, A lot of times barnacles. that goes to commercial and nobody looks at it. Nobody thinks about it. But Kyle saw me in, a freaking, in, in, uh, in the studio last cartwheels. night. Dude, I'm like, dude, B. Anger's yeah. killing it right now. Yeah. He's pinning these guys on the sideline. He's flipping the, the, the field of possession. I mean, he was putting them in some really tough positions to yeah. have to come out of, especially against the Dallas Cowboys defense.
4: Nick Eatman on his five plays that he does every game that the Cowboys yeah. win. He does like a like five hidden plays that made an impact that a lot of people don't talk about. His one of his top plays on there, and you can read it on DallasCowboys.com, he had the the anger punt before the final since he drive. Mm-hmm. So there's two thirteen left on the clock, and he coffin corners. <sighs> Taylor, the return man, inside the eight-yard
2: line on his own sideline, he had nowhere to go. And that's the thing; people don't understand the strategy with that. People think, "Oh, he just kicked and it and just landed right there." <laughs> no, heck no, no. No, no, uh, no. As a as a punt team, you want your punter to pin them in the corner because corner. they're either going. It's either going to go out of bounds. Yep. And it's inside the ten-yard line, you typically, right? That's what you're looking for. Or they're going to catch it right on the sideline, and they only have one direction to go. Yep. And your whole cover team is coming down there saying, I dare you to come out here if you want to. I'll tear your head off, right? That's your whole That's your whole intention. So He did it twice yesterday. It wasn't just yeah. the last one, too. He did it twice. People better put some respect
4: on his name. And Anger, sure.
3: Anger's been doing this. Throughout training camp, I mean, and he, he's only a pro bowler. Right, he's only a pro bowler. But <laughs> he only One in, of the best, two right. of the in best world.
4: kicker in single season right. Cowboys history. And I, and I
3: know there were a lot of Cowboys fans who were asking me specifically when we were out in Oxnard, how does Anger look? Does, you know Because fans were always uh, afraid that there's going to be a regression or a step back after a guy has a great year, whatever the case may be. He came into training camp, and I, I tweeted out several times, I said, this guy is lethal. Like, he's lethal. You saw in a game situation yesterday, Brian Anger is lethal. Like, he, the way he dominates the coffin corner that's what we call it the coffin corner because you want to bury your guy there flipping that field position was fantastic for the cowboys but i'd also be remiss if if i didn't say the following because going into this game we've talked about the penalties for the cowboys and can they clean this up can they clean this up so a couple points the primary and the sub point uh the primary point for that is or the sub point for that is they only had five penalties yesterday And I say only with air quotes, but when you compare it to the possibility of having 10 or more, which is what they've become accustomed to, only five penalties and not many of those, less than half of those were pre-snap, you'll take that because that helped you get this win. But I I look at the self-discipline, the difference in self-discipline between week one and week two, and something completely stuck out, and I said this to you, Rob, moments after it happened, the Turpin return that helped uh, set up the eventual game-winning drive. Go back and look at that film. On that drive, when Turpin goes to hit the sideline and turn up field. Rico Dowdo is a hair away from applying a block to a defender, and you could see him process in a millisecond that this might be a block in the back foul, and he literally stops on a dime and pulls up. Yep. Yeah. If he makes that play, I don't know it's a judgment call on the refs. You've not get, been getting those judgment calls all day. Ask the guys who put any type of hand on Joe Burrow. In that moment, it took a lot of uh, of football IQ and self-discipline to say, you know what, me putting hands on this guy is not worth it because Turpin is already there. Let's try to, you know, set up this. So that self-discipline was evident throughout the majority of the game for a lot of Cowboys players. Also, shouts out to Terrence Steele, came off a rough game in week one with, you know, four penalties, I think. Played mostly clean football on yesterday.
4: I thought he had a nice game. Absolutely. I thought the offensive Absolutely. line is a better whole lot better. Comes. And yeah, that's good point. <laughs> it's a good point. That's going to do it for us here on Talking Cowboys. But before we go, you know who else was lethal? Brett Maher. Yeah, Two clutch field goals, yeah. both from 50-plus yeah. yards, including the game winner as time expires. <laughs> we thought kicking was a problem, and Brett Maher was at the bottom of the list. He came back, and he's shown you through the first two weeks of the season, he has got things figured out, and he came up clutch for the Cowboys for a win yesterday. 20-17, to the final over the Cincinnati Bengals. Be sure to tune in all week long. We're going to take your calls tomorrow here on Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. We'll talk plenty about tiger milk, I'm sure, as the week goes along, and then we'll preview the week three matchup with the Giants. For Chris Beam, for Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, and Patrick Walker, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long. Thanks for joining us on Talking Cowboys. We'll see you tomorrow.
3: Go Cowboys! Yeah!
4: This has been a production of
1: DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How
3: about the Cowboys? Yeah.